Entrepreneur on Fire 796. The lie that it was for somebody else. The lie that some people are born to work for people and others were born to work for themselves. It isn't true. Anybody can be an entrepreneur. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Join John Lee Dumas and today's Entrepreneur on Fire. Working with an individual graphic designer has its limitations. Timing is one. Want dozens of designs to choose from in just seven days? Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. Your website is your home base. Make sure it's protected with Abaxio's instant recovery system, serving businesses across North America for 15 years. Learn more at abaxio.com slash fire. That's A-B-A-X-I-O dot com slash fire. Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. Johnny Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Donald Miller. Donald, are you prepared to ignite... I'm ready to go. Yes. Donald is the author of several books, including the bestsellers Blue Like Jazz and A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. He helps people live a better story at creatingyourlifeplan.com and has a marketing consulting company at storybrand.com. Donald, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so give a little more about you personally and then expound upon the biz. Yeah, well, I um, I run two companies. One is we do life plans for people based on uh, their desire to live a better story. And then the second company is called Story Brand, which is mostly what we'll talk about. And it's I, I help people uh, frame their brand messaging and uh, make it more concise and compelling, also using the elements of story. And a little bit about you personally. Uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Got married a year ago. Uh, let's see, a year ago in one week. So still technically a newlywed. <laughs> uh, love life in Nashville, live with a, my wife in a chocolate lab. So life is good. Life is good. Well, Donald, we had a pretty interesting pre-interview chat where you basically admitted to me that you hate success quotes, that you hate all mantras. So uh, we have a pretty interesting quote that you're going to share with Fire Nation today. So why don't you take that away? Well, I should say I don't hate all quotes or <laughs> mantras, but it's the bane of my existence, John. I'll write a, you know, I'll spend a year and a half on a book and I'll turn it into the publisher and, uh, you know, it's 350 pages and they'll say, hey, can you just give us a paragraph for the back cover? And I'm thinking, wait a second, I just spent a year and a half writing this. You want me to you want me to sum it up? I, I can't do it. And uh, I'm too close to it. So I've never been able I've never been super good at that at that part of it. So uh, life is too complex to reduce it is uh, will be my quote for the, the sake of the podcast. <laughs> So, Donald, there's a lot of things that we're going to be chatting about today because you have a lot of things going on in your world. And here at Entrepreneur on Fire, we're really focused on the journey, Donald. I'm here for Fire Nation. And what Fire Nation is looking to hear is really some, some stories of your journey that we can really kind of pull apart, learn from, and you know, apply to our lives as we go forward in this crazy world that we live in. And that first story that I really want you to share is a failure, is a struggle or an obstacle that you faced. And you know, let's kind of analyze those lessons that you learned. Yeah, I've got plenty. My favorite <laughs> is I um, you know, I'd sold a lot of books being a writer and I, I put together a conference and uh, only about 350 people came to my conference, which sounds like a lot. But uh, I had a friend kind of pull me aside and say, hey, look, you know, you sold millions of books. There really should be thousands of people at your conference, not 350. 
And that, of course, you know, I accepted as a challenge and I felt like a failure. And and so uh, I thought I want to do something about this, but I didn't know what to do. Uh, I did another conference, 350 people showed up, another one, 350 people showed up. And no amount of emailing or ads on my website or blogging about it would get more than that amount. And uh, and so I got on an airplane one day and you're going to love this story. I sat next to a guy who was reading my most recent book, the book <laughs> that the conference was based on. And um, I said to him, I said, you know, do you like that book? And he said, I love this book. I've read it a few times. In fact, I'm going, I'm on this plane to go hear the author speak. <laughs> I thought, well, he doesn't, he doesn't get it, right? <laughs> I'm the author. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, I hear the author's kind of a jerk, actually. And he said, well, I've never heard that. And pretty soon I realized he's not going to get it. He, he really, and I thought, wouldn't it be funny if he, if I sat and talked to him for a couple hours and then walked up on stage tonight, right? And so uh, I did that. I talked to him for two hours and never told him who I was. But I learned something. I, I learned how a fan or a customer talks about my brand. And what I found fascinating was even though he really loved my product, what I wrote, and it had changed his life, John, he, he couldn't summarize or put into words what I do or what I did for him. In other words, he, he didn't have the language with which to uh, spread word about what, what I offered. And I took that on myself. I said, you know, that's my problem. I, I haven't given him the language. I haven't sat down and thought of the kind of sound bites that, that my customers need, not only to frame their experience with my products, but also to spread word about my products. And, uh, and so I went off to a cabin a year later and spent a, a good bit of time, about five weeks, developing a process I could take my company through based on the elements of story, based on telling a great story as a company through our brand messaging, making it very clear, compelling, and concise, and took our company through that process, never intended that process to be known outside of my company. But the conference went from 350 to selling out the next one at about 1,000, then we sold out the next one at, at about 1,700, and then we sold out the next one uh, at 1,800. And so uh, the, the process really worked. And then uh, my staff said, why don't we offer this to, to some other businesses and see what they would think of, you know, going through this seven step process to clarify their communication. So we uh, put together the process and I thought, well, you know, I'll take a plumber through it or somebody and put on my Twitter bio that I I'm also have a, a division called story brand where we help companies tell a clear story. And John, the very first call was Pantene, Procter and Gamble. Oh, yeah. And I was I was shaking in my boots. I just thought, oh, heavenly days! I'm such a fraud, right? I developed this in a cabin and only taken one company through it, and that's mine. And uh, but I went anyway and gave a, a big keynote speech, and they loved it, and it helped them shape their Queen Latifah Diva with a Big Heart campaign. And then the second call, and I'm not making this up, the second call was Ford who was going to kill off Lincoln unless they could figure out their new ad campaign. And I wrote them a whole treatment uh, based on the elements of story of how the the character is the hero and Ford is the guide. And uh, they need to, to brand the new Lincoln in uh, almost like Viagra, in an extremely masculine way. Whether that turned into this Matthew McConaughey series of ads, I don't know. We just, we just <laughs> wrote a treatment. But, uh, uh, and then the next call was Chick-fil-A, and we've taken – every department at Chick-fil-A, uh, not every department, but, but many departments of Chick-fil-A through the process. And then the White House called about Obama's uh, uh, My Brother's Keeper. 
initiative that he'll run after he gets out of the White House. So we were off to the races uh, right away and then uh, turned it into a process that people can take in the form of a workshop. But, you know, it all started with failure. It all started with somebody pulling me aside and saying, look, you know, uh, you're not reaching your potential and this thing should be a lot bigger than it is uh, for a different company. But that failure, we mined that failure. And now it's the fastest growing division of our company. And uh, and it's some, it's a joy to to take uh, organizations through it. So I'm grateful for failure. I, we, we learn in story. And the way story works is characters never learn anything through successes. They can only learn and change through uh, challenge and conflict and failure. So failure is is an, is invaluable as, as a business leader. We have to we have to mine it every time it happens and see what we can learn. Donald, there's a lot of things that I really want to unpack here. You know, first and foremost, I think the question has to be asked: Did you ever have an interaction with that person on the plane after you gave the speech on stage? You know, I'm ashamed to say I haven't. I, I thought it would be <laughs> so funny to walk on stage, and that would be the moment that he realizes he sat next to me for two hours. But then after I did it, he didn't come up to me and he didn't say anything. And I thought, well, actually, he, he, there's a good chance he thought he felt like a fool. And maybe that was a dumb thing for me to do. And so I've regretted it ever since. I should have said it at the last minute as we get off the plane. But uh, I was trying to play a little joke and hopefully it didn't backfire. If he ever hears this podcast, please accept my apology. I gladly sit next to you on a plane and uh, admit who I am. Next I time. think that's a good possibility. So if you're out there listening and it was you on the plane with Donald Miller, reach out. He's waiting for you. And Donald, something that you really pulled out that really made a huge impact with me is finding the language of your followers, of your fans, mm-hmm. of you know people who are listening to your message. And Fire Nation, that is so incredibly difficult you know, but yeah. so incredibly critical. And, you know, and by hard, like, let's be honest, what I mean by hard and difficult is it takes actual work. And, you know, for most people, let's be frank, work is hard and, and that is difficult, but it takes actual interaction. It takes you asking the question, what are you struggling with? It takes the interaction, you know, what do you view my brand as? It takes you getting out there and having those one-on-one conversations. And Donald, what's really sad these days and these, you know, these days of just incredible scale and leverage, you know, like this podcast right here that I, you know, that I just released to the world, you know, gets out there in over 145 countries and is going to do almost a million listens this month, Entrepreneur on Fire, the podcast. So we think in these massive terms these days and we, forget about those one-on-one interactions, you know, just that one-to-one, those conversations can be so powerful. I mean, look what they did, Fire Nation, for Donald Donald Miller's brands. Think what they can do for you. And so, Donald, through all of this, you know, I just share with you my biggest takeaway. What do you really want Fire Nation to absorb from, you know, this struggle you initially encountered but overcame in life? The biggest thing is, is exactly what you're talking about. It's understanding that the story of your business is not really a story about you. We normally have people come to StoryBrand and sign up for a workshop because they want to tell a better story as a company. And that's fine. I'm so glad that they're there. I can teach them to tell the story of their company with a napkin over lunch. But the big uh, conversion for us is to say, look, you're not the hero of your story. Your customer is the hero of the story. You're the guide. Your customer is Luke Skywalker. You are Obi-Wan Kenobi. Your customer is Katniss. You are Haymitch. And that's a radically different way of doing business. And you have to understand, if you, if, and as soon as you understand that, your business grows. Uh, Steve Jobs, when he released the computer, Lisa, he put a nine-page ad in the New York Times that was a bunch of technical data about his computer, right? 
failed miserably. He goes off to Pixar. He runs Pixar, of course, for several years. And he was only there because he wanted, he was interested in the technology. But while he was there, he happened to sink right into the greatest storytelling uh, organization in the world, maybe even in the history of the world. They take two years to really fine tune a story before they start principal animation. When he came back to Apple, he knew how story works. And he also knew that Apple was not the hero of the story. Their customer was the hero of the story. And so nine pages in the New York Times of technical data came down and converted to two words, think different. That got the attention of people all over the world who wanted to think different because finally a computer company understood their story, understood what they wanted. And if we as a brand, if you as a brand can understand what your customer wants and speak to their external and internal fears, they will engage you. They will. They're hardwired to engage you. And, uh, and so we, that's one of the biggest conversion points that we teach in our workshops is uh, is converting yourself from thinking of your brand as the hero and being self-obsessed uh, and narcissistic to thinking of your, your customer as the hero and understanding their story and then playing the role of the guide in their story. And, of course, there are things that are true to a, a hero and things that are true to a guide that a guide needs to do. And we unpack those things. And if you do those things, your business explodes. Absolute knowledge bombs being dropped right now. And, you know, speaking about fire, Donald, did I hear a little Hunger Games reference in there with Katniss? <laughs> <laughs> yes. In fact, my wife just went and saw the, uh, let's see, I think two nights ago, we went and saw the latest uh, installment and, and enjoyed it very much. It's, it's killing me, though. You know, they're going to make us wait another two years before we get to see how it ends, even though we've read the books and know how. It <laughs> yeah, they're doing the whole Lord of the Rings type thing where <laughs> every Christmas it comes out. I can't wait for December 17th when the next installment of The Hobbit comes out. But real quick side note, and this is a big asterisk here too. I mean, I do not recommend this and neither does Netflix, by the way, because it only has one and a half stars. But I did stumble upon a spoof on the Hunger Games last night. It's called <laughs> it's called the Starving Games, and it's with Can't Miss. And they, you know, the whole thing is a total spoof. It got horrendous reviews and went straight, obviously, to um, Netflix. I guess is the way we say it nowadays, since there's no more DVDs really that are out there. And uh, it's it's not good. I don't recommend it, but it's funny that it's out there. So, Donald, what I really want to do now is do a little bit of a shift. You know, you talk to us about struggles that you had. You know, getting only 350 people to conferences when obviously your capacity was much, much more. You know, we really dove into that and learned some great lessons. Tell us now another story. And this story, I want to really focus on an epiphany, an aha moment, a light bulb that you've had at some point in your journey. So take us to that moment in time. Well, we realized uh, when we were studying story that, uh, you know, we studied, it's very t hard research. You know, you sit around your boxers, you watch Tommy Boy, Hunger Games, Star Wars, <laughs> Lord Starving of the Rings. Games. <laughs> exactly. You watch all these movies. But one thing that we, we realized uh, early on when we studied all these stories, which really when you're studying story, story, you're studying human psychology and you're studying how the brain works and what the brain is attracted to, which of course has everything to do with marketing. So story and marketing go together very, very well. But what we discovered was uh, there's always an external problem. There's a bomb that needs to be disarmed or something like this that is causing trouble in the life of the hero. But the external problem 
is only there to manifest an internal problem in the life of the protagonist or the hero. Now, this is very important. So it can't just be the bomb needs to be disarmed. It's the bomb needs to be disarmed. But the last time a bomb needed to be disarmed, the hero couldn't do it. And some people got hurt. And so now he's filled with self-doubt. That's the heart of the story, that self-doubt, that internal struggle that the uh, the protagonist is dealing with. Now, here's why it matters when it comes to marketing. Uh, companies tend to sell solutions to external problems. Apple sells iPads and MacBooks and local plumber sells uh, you know parts for the toilet or the sink. Uh, external problems are what they solve. Now, companies will go out and they'll brand themselves as the solution to these external problems. However, every external problem manifests an internal problem in the life of the customer. So because the toilet doesn't work, it's frustrating and they feel inept because they can't fix it themselves. Uh, Apple chose instead of focusing on the technology behind their, uh, their, their products, they chose uh, to market to the creative class who has this internal desire to express themselves and even a philosophical belief that technology shouldn't just be for geeks, that it should be accessible to all of us and we should all understand it. When we begin to understand how the problems that we solve for our customers are making them feel and then sell solutions to how they're feeling, the company will begin to grow. I challenge you to go find the Apple iPad ad online that has Robin Williams quoting Walt Whitman about contributing a verse. Watch that ad as these iPads are used to film uh, waterfalls and football games and band concerts and sumo wrestling and all these amazing things as Whitman is being recited over the top of these beautiful images being shot with this iPad. Not a mention of how many gigabytes the iPad has or how many pixels or how much memory. Not a mention at all. It's all about the internal struggle and expression of the customer that the iPad is then being used as a tool for. So when we think, when our customers come to us, we want to think of ourselves like Q. James Bond comes to Q to get his weapons to go out and win the day. And when our customers walk in the door or venture to our website, we should think of ourselves as Q. We should understand the challenge that sits before them. We should understand that they are probably filled with self-doubt and don't know if they can go out and overcome whatever it is they have to overcome. And we should think of ourselves as selling the products and tools that they need to go out and win the day. When the whole story is about the customer, you will see your business grow. That was probably one of the biggest ahas that we've ever had. And so, and it's changed the way we interact with our clients. They are the heroes. We are there to guide them through uh, that story. I mean, Apple does this so well in so many different ways. You know, when you were sharing about the iPad, it made me think back to the iPod where they finally figured out the way to market that. You know, it wasn't gigabytes. It wasn't XYZ. It was, hey, this is a thousand songs in your pocket. Like, do you get it? You can have a thousand songs in your pocket. And that's all that we as consumers cared about was having a thousand songs in our pocket. You know, not 12 songs, you know, in this bulky CD. I mean, it was incredibly well, you know, the story was told in an incredibly powerful way. And Donald, I mean, this is going to be a section right here where I'm just going to say Fire Nation, hit the rewind 30 second button about seven times and listen to this a few times because, you know, it's just powerful, you know, what Donald's sharing with us here today. And you've had a lot of these, Donald, over the course of your journey, obviously, but I want you to take us to the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you to share your proudest entrepreneurial moment. 
Well, it's it's an interesting story. It's it's not something that's about marketing or branding, which is of course what we help companies do. But this is more heart to heart to your listeners. Uh, you know, I've been in business a long time. This is my third uh, company. They've all been pretty successful. This one is by far the most successful. But you know, I, I spent years writing books alone in my boxers in a cabin writing books. Mm-hmm. And those books, I'm grateful, you know, would hit the New York Times and had a lot of success. But I missed working with a team. And so I started this company, not just to have a company, but also to build a little team. And I hired a guy named Tim who runs my company, who's just brilliant, and a guy named Kyle uh, Reed, who does all of our graphic art and design, and he's wonderful. And then we hired uh, a full-time writer named Cadence, and then I hired another guy named Kyle Hicks, who is our customer service guy, who really just interacts with our clients so well. Then we have a team of interns, and my wife works with the company. Well, suddenly... I'm surrounded by a group of people. So here's this introverted writer who is now surrounded by a team of people. And I grew to really love these people. And I wondered, you know, what would it look like to structure my company differently so that instead of all these people serving me so that I can make a ton of money and my dreams would come true, what if I sat them down and said, what do you dream about? What do you want? What kind of house do you want? What do you want for your kids? You know, those sorts of things. And we had these really intimate conversations all as a team with each other. And then we put the numbers that we would need to fund all of our dreams up on a whiteboard. And we took that number and we said, okay, let's build a company that funds this. Let's tie all of our dreams together and try to build a company that funds all of these dreams. None, none of us are super arrogant. We don't want uh, airplanes and Ferraris, right? We, we all are pretty simple people. Um, but when we tied our dreams together, John, the morale of the team walking into the office felt completely different. Uh, it, it, it was everybody wanted to be the first one there and the last one to leave. People want to work on the weekends. We we now have to make people go home because we we don't. But <laughs> I, I think um, business can do something else besides just make you money. Business can d- deeply improve the quality of your life, and it can deeply improve the quality of the lives of the people that you work with. Uh, even if it's just one assistant that you've hired, uh, to be able to sit down and say, hey, let's build something together and tie our dreams together. Now, you're the owner of the company. You're always going to get the lion's share. You deserve that, especially if it's your product or your content. But what if we began to kind of um, almost father or mother some of the people who are working with us, served as mentors and and got involved in their lives too? Um, this made getting out of bed and working so much more important because it wasn't just for my selfish ambitions. It was for the sake of others too. I don't know if there's something in there for your listeners, but um, I, I think we could spend our lives trying to get a lot of money. And by the way, it will never be enough. You will always want more. <laughs> uh, and at some point we have to say, okay, we need to cash some of this in and begin to give it away and sacrifice a little bit for the sake of others, helping them achieve some of their dreams too. And that has dramatically improved the quality of my life. It all goes, it all is proven by a psychologist named Viktor Frankl, who talks about the importance of tying your dreams together with a group or a community and going for it together as a way of experiencing a deeper sense of meaning. And we've been able to do that at StoryBrand. And uh, I'm so, I'm so very grateful. So my proudest moment, I would say, was more of an evolution that we actually did it, that uh, two of the guys said they're in their, their mid to late 20s. And they, they're living in apartments with their wives, one with his two kids, his two cute daughters. And, you know, they're running around two and three years old. And they said, someday I'd like to own a home. And I just, you know, I, of course, 
being in my 40s, I've owned a couple homes, so I knew the process wasn't as hard as they thought. And I just said, what if in what if in a year you could make a down payment on a house? And just in the past two months, both of those guys made down payments and now live in homes because of the work that we've done together. That to me is my proudest moment. I, you know, it, I've, I've hit the New York Times. I've done all sorts of things, but it, it, none of it meant as much as that as helping some people get a chance to step up to the plate. And both of those guys hit grand slam home runs. And, uh, and I'm glad I got to participate a little bit in their story. Fire Nation, I hope you're as inspired as I am by what has made Donald Miller most proud over the course of his entrepreneurial career. And Donald, I'd love to get specific here. Let's really just talk about present times today. What's the one thing that has you most fired up above everything else? Well, all the stuff that we're doing with StoryBrand. Uh, if you go to StoryBrand.com, you can read all about it. There's, there's plenty there. But we're, it's, it, I feel like a doctor who's bringing babies into the world. You know, We've got business leaders, business owners who are coming to us every month. And we sit down and go through this two-day process. And they, they take their amazing product but that they've brought into the world. And most of them are already making a profit. And, but they're, they're, it's like they're inside the bottle and they can no longer read the label. And we're just looking at it from outside saying, you think you're saying this, but actually you're confusing everybody. We have no idea what you offer. I actually review every single website from our clients and I go through their websites and I show them what they, they should and shouldn't have on the website. Uh, there's only about 30 people in every workshop, so it's an intimate gathering. In every one of them, John, there's usually one to two business leaders, business owners who I will spend five minutes reviewing their website and I can't tell at the end of five minutes what they sell. <laughs> That's a really bad <laughs> website. I don't know. It's not clear to me what you want me to do or how you can change my life. So that, of course, needs a complete overhaul. Um, but to be able to help these businesses find simple, concise language to communicate exactly what they do uh, always creates an uptick in their business. And and so we the, that's what gets me going. And, and it's, it's almost like um, – I mean, I've written a lot of books and I really love bringing a book into the world, but helping somebody else with their book is, is a blast. And it's the same with brand marketing and helping somebody be more clear and concise in their communication. It, it, you know, when people come to me all the time, and they say, Don, your book changed my life or whatever. But the truth is, I wrote that book in my boxer shorts. You read it in your boxer shorts. There's really no communication going happening between us. That's not like a message in a bottle. And then how do you measure the change that you made in somebody's life? But if I can help somebody with their brand messaging and six months later, their business is up by 25%, I can measure that and I can go, I did that. I helped this guy hit a home run and I feel good about that. So that's currently what we're doing. We just love it. Storybrand.com, Fire Nation. And Donald, we are about to enter the lightning rounds. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Have you ever experienced your server crashing, whether it was due to server malfunction, ransomware, or other natural disaster like fire or flood? It's not a fun situation to be in. I speak from personal experience. Your initial thought is probably something like, well, when will my site be back up and running? But in addition, you're terrified by the possibility that your data might never come back. But with a system like Abaxio, you can rest assured that no matter what happens to your server, their instant recovery will come to the rescue. Abaxio gives you the ability 
ability to get your server back online instantly, either from your office location or their remote data center. Plus, Abaxio tests itself monthly so you know exactly how long it would be to recover your data in the event of a disaster. Your website is your home base. Make sure it's protected with Abaxio cybersecurity, serving businesses across North America for 15 years. Learn more at abaxio.com slash fire. That's A-B-A-X-I-O dot com slash fire. Back in the late 1900s, when weblogs began to appear, authors had little to say over how content was displayed. Full posts appeared in chronological order and blocked text beneath a banner with either a right or left sidebar. That was it. These days, you need to make every visit count. Your homepage is your point of contact with both first-time and repeat visitors, so you want it to be visually appealing and easy to navigate. Remember, your website visitors don't have a ton of patience. You only have a few seconds to hold their attention. Luckily, we have 99designs to help us make our sites both beautiful and user-friendly. 99designs is the world's largest marketplace for graphic design and gives you access to over 900,000 talented designers. So whether you're looking for an eye-catching website design, a sleek new banner ad, or icons to help you drive more traffic to your site, 99designs can help. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Fire. Donald, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds great. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? The lie that it was for somebody else. The lie that some people are born to work for people and others were born to work for themselves. It isn't true. Anybody can be an entrepreneur. Anybody can start a company. It's a learning curve. You grow as you go, but it is meant for you. It really is. What is the best advice you've ever received? When you fail, get back up. Failure is part of the process. You will absolutely blow it. Get back up and keep going. Think of yourself like a football team. Uh, Of course, you're going to get sacked several times in the game, but that doesn't reflect the score at the end of the game. The guys who get back up and keep moving the ball will win the game. Share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Sure. Stay focused. You can really only focus on three major projects. So whenever I lose focus, which happens about once a quarter, I walk up to the whiteboard. I say, okay, what are the three main things that I want to get accomplished uh, in the next 12 months this year? And then under those three things, I make a to-do list as much as I can under that to-do list. And that whiteboard is now my filter. And anything that is trying to distract me from getting those things done goes away. I'm not talking about family, but I'm talking about people who call and want to have coffee or somebody who wants you to help them work on a project or something like that. If it's not on that board, it's not what I'm trying to accomplish and I need to get rid of everything else. So as you succeed, you're going to have more and more people wanting your time. I recommend staying focused on three things at a time. There's a great quote by Derek Sivers that I just love here at Fire Nation. If it's not a heck yes, it's a no. It's really that simple. And when you get to a point when you do have all of these demands on your time like Donald's at, it has to simply be a heck yes. And Donald, Fire Nation knows this is coming right now. Whenever one of my guests shares the word focus, I have to break in with my acronym, follow one course until success. It has been so critical for my success, obviously for yours as well. I mean, that focus is absolutely priceless. Donald, do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Well, we tend to use uh, Basecamp. Uh, we, we, do, we just love it. That's how we keep everything organized. But I think your listeners probably already know that. If you want some free resources that we've got, go to storybrand.com. Got a great 
free essay called Five Things Your Website Should Include that will help you trim down your website so you get better response from it. Uh, but we tend to use the stuff that everybody else is using. We, we do use Evernote a little bit, but we mostly stick to Basecamp. If you could recommend one book for our listeners to go next to your books that will be listed on the show notes page, what would it be and why? Well, man, you know, I'm a writer. So, so you just opened a, a, a Pandora's box. Just one book, Donald. I'm challenging you, <laughs> okay. my friends. Now, there's a lot of great books about business, but I want you to read a book called The Seven Plots by Christopher Booker. It is about 800 pages long, and the oh. text is smaller than your Bible. <laughs> Not uh, on my Kindle. I can adjust that. It's, it is fascinating. It's a fascinating book on basically how there are only seven stories that have ever been told, and every story you hear falls in one of those seven categories. And uh, it, will, it will be mind-blowing. And, of course, I translate it all to help companies do their marketing using some of those seven formulas. But he doesn't do that. It's all about the, the stories. But uh, if you go buy, read one book this year, that's the one I would recommend. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Donald, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter, taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Well, I'm going to need more than $500 to do everything I want to do. So (laughs) what I would do is I would sit down with my laptop. I would write everything I know about the relationship between story, which is human psychology, and business, which is what we all do. I would turn that into a book. I would spend $500 printing it out or putting it online. I would distribute it to everybody uh, that I knew or knock on doors and give it to everybody. And and, uh, I would start a consulting business based on the people who called me with questions about their particular brand. In other words, I would do exactly what I've already done (laughs) uh, (laughs) because it's been a very fun and great life. And the key words here... A man of action, Fire Nation. He would knock on doors. He would do what he's already done. He would take action. And Donald, let's end this interview on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. Well, here's a great piece of guidance. You know, we've studied the human brain for years, and the human brain is like a muscle. It, it, um, throughout the day, the more mental energy you use, the more tired your brain gets and the less able you are to think well. So if you actually get up and focus on one project in the morning, maybe even before you take a shower or even before you have breakfast, if you can give two hours to the most important project that is causing you stress, that two hours will be worth eight hours later in the day. Your brain is that much more effective right out of bed. So in the morning, I make sure I work on the most important thing first because the muscle is much stronger in the morning than it is evening. That would be the greatest piece of advice that I could give you in terms of being more productive and effective. Get up early, start working. Uh, And then the second thing, if you want to get in touch with me, find me at storybrand.com. We've got workshops that we'd love to have you at, and uh, you can read all about what we do at storybrand.com. 
Well, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with Donald and myself today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com, type Donald in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with his sites, with his books, with his recommended resources. It'll all be right there. And Donald, I just want to thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today, and for that, my friends, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, I've launched another daily show. I know, but I love podcasting. It's called Quotes on Fire, and it's a a seven-day-a-week podcast where I share a quote from history's greatest entrepreneurs in a killer resource. Check it out in iTunes or at qofire.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.